0: Alright, here we are with our first episode of a podcast that we haven't really got a name for. No. I'm Jack.
1: And I'm Brandon, an absolute history noob.
0: Yes, Brandon's a history noob, I'm a history nerd. Um, but he is also a D&D nerd and I am a, his- a D&D... Padawan. one. I, I think I'm, a. If, if we're going with Jedi ranks here, I'm, I think I'm at a knight level. I think, I've, yeah. I think I've graduated above Padawan. Yeah, Padawan. Def, def, definitely yeah. above Padawan. Like, okay. you run your own DM campaign. Yeah, too. I run my ID, DM. If you're I, a Padawan, if I've you're played right. a couple of times.
1: Quote unquote, building a campaign as one of my players is numerous right. times. He's <laughs> always like, oh, I've got this idea for a campaign. And then, nothing. Is he gonna gonna be listening
0: to this? I don't know. I don't well, know if we'll he's see.
1: listening to this. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Worst to worst, we can edit this out.
0: Sure, not. sure. <laughs> or just leave it in. You know who cares? Um. All right. Yeah. Just to add in a bit of nerdy flavor, we've already got D We've already got history, and now we're adding Star Wars. I guess this is just, yeah, because why not? You know, we're nerds. This is just really for fun. Um. So.
1: We're basically thinking of running, the idea of building either on each other's law that we've got for our campaigns that we run that we're both either a part of or uh taking place in or whether we just uh build a world law entirely mm. separate uh just to flex our world building brains and muscles to show off a little bit as well as sure. give ideas for anyone who wants to build a world and run a campaign because yeah most... not
0: that not that we're experts by the way Gosh, we're, no. we're relatively new at dnd I... I mean i think of you as like a veteran but you've only really been doing it for like a year or at most a year yeah my, most, my world a, more than a year i think <laughs> yeah no for sure but it's it's that i
1: i found like having sat through your campaign you have a very different way of world building that i have and yeah I've, I mean, I've definitely taken some of that. I I really like the way you build your worlds. So it's like, if we can inspire others to think of world building and, you know, focus on the small things so that you have all bases covered when who knows what a player is going to ask.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, speaking of world building, I guess we've got our main sort of at you being building a new world yeah yeah so i'm
1: in the process of crafting and law building for a new campaign that i'm planning on running at the end of this current one that i i'm running with my party whether i run with the same people or whether i get a new group i wouldn't mind new players and sort of changing flavors but i've decided i'm going to like completely Overhaul and um, what do you call it? Make new. <laughs> renovate <laughs> oh, renovate well, not even renovate, I'm just building from the ground build up from scratch, build, yeah. Build from start over from ground zero of here's the deities that were in the world before everything and go go from in the beginning yeah. was gods. Yeah, yeah. Uh so yeah, that's my hope. That so we'll probably start with that one this week. And yeah. I've sort of got uh, the world, uh, or at least the continent, roughly, that we're working on is called Secrene. Um
0: Sakrane. Yeah. We, weird name, but I kind of liked it. it well, great. I mean, you, you kind of just got to go for the weird names, otherwise it gets... I mean, you obviously can't... You know, you don't want to be plagiarizing real words too much. Yeah, you for know? sure. And especially yeah. when you get into, like, continent or world names it's it's better if it's not i mean r- r- the, the further away from us it is the closer yeah yeah the better i suppose but the glorious website fantasy
1: name generator is my favorite tool of all for world building oh so you use a generator i yeah so fantasy has limitless options of choices you can go for fantasy stuff real world stuff uh i was I think Socrane came from a combination of names I found on fantasy name generator that I then Frankensteined into the world itself uh, as as the world name so i i try I try not to use a lot of stuff straight ripped from fantasy name generator I try and take it tweak it, make it my own um, yeah. in case they are
0: because a lot of
1: times they take it from a lot of Books and a lot of online content that you can get your hands on mm. um, and then make their own uh, machinations of it all as names. Yeah. But uh is at least the continent, whether it's the entire planet. I was thinking on it this afternoon on different ideas.
0: But Yeah, and I mean, you don't even have to have come up with... I mean, for example, we're to, yeah, pretty much all D&D campaigns are set in an early medieval society-ish. Mm the likelihood that they know the full extent of the world. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you know, it depends on how enlightened you want to make your society, I guess, you know, whether they um, know the world is around or if they're all flat earthers uh, or So, like, yeah, the level of detail is not probably on a sort of cosmic level, I guess. You no need to have that same sort of thing. But, but yeah. the only, only thinking I was doing for that was
1: if I perhaps made Socrane a large enough continent, uh, but I was thinking if I made them all multi-leveled, so you have the nine layers of hell, uh, and I was thinking of stacking them almost like a sandwich, and Sakrane is like almost in the, not quite in the middle, but it's like you've got the nine layers of hell beneath Sakrane, and each is a, they're a different plane of existence, but the way the universe is stacked is like yeah. multiple layered sandwich uh, loaves. And then you've got like pandemonium and the different planes within pandemonium. Um, And then the Feywild sitting sort of slightly off as if someone's like half laid a piece of cheese that's flopped (laughs) down over the side Yeah. Um, instead of being a globe or a sphere within a universe type of thing. That was something that hit my my mind as I was driving. So I was like, record a voice note as I'm driving so I'm not distracted and just spit that out so I remember it for later.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it kind of reminds me... um... Have you ever seen like those they're like diagrams or artworks of like how medieval people used to see heaven, hell and earth and I saw one in a bible the other day where it's like a physical thing where there's like a, a literal vault or something being held up by angels or something that's the sky and then there's like water above the sky and then there's it's it's like you know one of those really ancient ways of perceiving the universe that's, cool, that's based yeah. on, it, you know kind of like you know the the turtle everyone's on a turtle everyone's back but but yeah you know, a, a way of sort of physically t- uh, explaining explaining the the universe and sort of heaven and hell and that sort of thing that's cool, in a, yeah. in a physical way i mean that's a, that's probably yours is a bit more maybe a metaphysical,
1: bit more in, yeah maybe more or even real i suppose yeah. whether that's the definition dimensional um, Yeah, it's
0: not like the sky is a literal physical barrier, which 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 is what you would get in some of those older um, That's clever. I like that. I I hadn't hadn't seen that. I think it was uh, It was uh, about uh, early. I think it was supposed to do with Hebrew interpretations of one of the Bible biblical um, hmm, Verses about the vault in the sky or something, but it was an interesting diagram which Certainly something me, you could potentially build a world off if you wanted yeah, to no, be hypothetical.
1: I mean, just taking old historical texts that are more true than it is fiction, like more fact than it is fiction, there is so much you can go off. Yeah. Um which is,
0: obvious, which is what I do with my campaign for reference, you guys. I'm a huge history yeah. nerd and I sometimes subtly, sometimes not so subtly, um rip rip historical concepts and uh um nations off in my campaign but doing so people then if
1: the players in your campaign which I think they are they're a bit more of those history buffs you know it's it's something you all seem to enjoy a bit more so that when you have that people can go they can connect with it so you can understand it's yeah. going these are Egyptian like
0: race you know so people can picture it gives you the vibe without yes. having to necessarily... Yeah, yeah you, you say Egyptian, and it feels like a ripoff to say, oh, it looks like an Egyptian style. But you're going to get a better image. You're going to be able to match up your images in your head by saying something like that. When, we all, when I say Egyptian style, they're going to think sandstone buildings and hieroglyphs, um, hieroglyphs and, and, and um, limestone and such, uh, it, which, which is somewhat easier than um, you know, going out and describing it, which I, I tried to do when we first started one of my one of my nations has a very uh egyptian style culture um i haven't gotten any pyramids which is my <laughs> that's <laughs> that's is, the, line, that's, of the that's line we're not going to be that obvious but um you know i, I tried to describe i mean the, the physical geography i've got a map behind me right now where there's there's actually a massive river and a delta and it it's not subtle. but i mean i've tweaked it i've tweaked it i've What's the scale on the map? I meant to ask. Um, I, it's I, I have a rule. I think like it's hard to tell me what it, tell you about. <laughs> well, I mean, from here to here, I think that was about two thousand kilometers.
1: Okay. okay. Oh, or so 3, you 000. you still run with like a you run metric system?
0: Um, I do for this big stuff just because um, it's easier for me. It. Yeah. Um, actually the scale of this is not quite right because when i first sort of formed up the scale it was based on a smaller map of another island that my character started on right right i got the length of that and then i tried to match how how that 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 is onto this okay. which is okay a little bit difficult it, it hasn't been too much of a problem i've got i've got markers on here to ter- show for example little dot C show how far a day's journey is
1: okay so that um, okay yeah so on foot oh um, on foot okay
0: yeah so because uh, a lot of travel because there's a massive reverse um, on um is roads.
1: that is that based off the the book, the dm's guide rough
0: yes uh, roughly roughly i've made a few tweaks here and there so depending on the different types of ships. So they're, if they're going on a big ship, they're going to travel a fair bit faster. Okay. Um, as opposed to, at one point, they went on canoes, and I made them travel quite a bit slower. Quite a bit slower.
1: But it's still um, faster than walking, I would assume?
0: Yes. Yeah. I think slightly.
1: Um, okay. That's cool. I've, I've not quite got to the that developed stage of the map. I just commissioned a guy to draw.
0: Well, I... I... I didn't, even, I didn't even think of that yeah. It was just a point when they actually got to, and they needed to do river, tra- river travel for one session and I um, sort of went around and calculated it. Well, actually, you know, I, I, what had happened was they, they they had the option of either walking or going by boat and so I drew up the times for both of those. So they could um, sort of get a rough so, grasp on yeah. it. Yes. So they could choose whether they wanted to, for example, they, they would have to pay money to, to take the boat to go faster or they could go by foot uh, right, and walk. Right. Um, and you know potentially face whatever creatures are lurking about on the yes. shore. Which um, makes it for an
1: interesting journey. And I suppose if you're trying to bulk out a session, that's always my cop-out is the travel is just start throwing random encounters. Or yeah. I, I like to keep a, a page um, either on my notebook or just on hand of a D20 encounters. Mm. Um, and then I'll often double the gold value based on an increased perception check on an item on the side of the road type of thing. Right. Um, so if they, you know, nat 20, while they're wandering through, keeping an eye out as they walk, they'll spot something, and it'll either be leading into a combat, or, hey, there's a 1,000 gold for the five-man party. <laughs> you know, you've found 1,000 gold worth of right. rubies
0: or something. That's, actually, that's an interesting one. I haven't actually done... I've, I haven't done the... Uh, oh, you find something, you find gold. But that's an interesting...
1: It gives them a reward yeah, yeah, for putting just, just the for more investigating. people at yeah, the front. That's
0: I, that's something I should do. I'm going to adopt that. Um, it's
1: it also works nicely when you're uh, wanting your players to do some role plays, like sort of for not quite force the session to be role play oriented. But I like to try and get them to I, know, I like them to role play a bit. Then my my party is a lot of combat heavy. But then right. there's two players that always make comments about how much they enjoy role play. So I, I try and incorporate that uh,
0: so that we don't just have a murder hobo party going yeah. around killing
1: everything a... in the world. Well, yeah,
0: we're kind of the opposite. We've got... We're weighted towards... My, my party is weighted towards role play, but we have uh, one, one player in particular who's very... Uh, he, he's, he's, learnt, he's, he's coming around to the idea of yeah. role playing quite a bit, um, which I'm happy about. I mean, look, I always say... Um, you know, D and D is a game you play at the level that you're comfortable with. Yes. Um, yeah, and so I, I don't want to force him into role play, but you know, I've tried to talk about like you know, it's it, you know, I think you'd have fun. I think we'd all have fun if you played a bit more, and he he has, and um, he's definitely engaging a lot more than he used to. Um, Especially which... once he opened his eyes
1: to the joys of critical role.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. That's true. That's true. I think that's both where we started from, wasn't it? That's where you started from. It's where I, start, I, started, I started, from. started from. You. Uh, you started I from me. Again. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough, fair enough.
1: Um I I found Matt Mercer stuff. Uh, that and the other one I found that I was listening to a lot of was uh, not another D and D podcast.
0: Um, right. Uh, Critical Role is pretty much all are the only podcast I've listened to. I mean, I, I occasionally dabble in other YouTube channels, yep. um, but um, as far as sort of consistent series goes, Critical Role is the only one. I've I mean, it's it's a mega-series.
1: Critical Role is a a massive venture to get into, but, man, they have some seriously high-quality output. Oh,
0: absolutely. Um, (laughs)
1: But Not Another D&D podcast just finished their... I think it was their first campaign. I'm way behind on their stuff. I got distracted and got writing my own campaigns and stuff, but they just finished the final episode of their campaign. Apparently, that was a massive finale. All right. Um, It's basically, the premise of that campaign is, it's the campaign after the campaign. So as if the world has just been saved by heroes. Right. Um, Here is a band of heroes who are going around to towns that have been ravaged because the heroes came through and looted everything and kept going. Right. And there's a band of heroes that are coming through to try and patch up small holes and eventually got pulled into a massive plot and it was... It was that, like it was really good. It was a, but it's completely different style of uh, game to the way Matt Mercer runs Critical Role. That's fascinating. But that was Nad, nad Pod, or not another D podcast, and Critical Role were my two sort of gateway drugs into this addictive, oh. addictive hobby. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, you know,
1: I only failed two uni subjects because of it. Um, but, <laughs> Proceeded to drop out, and I've just been working full time as a retail just to pay for my obvious obsessive dice collecting. It's not obsessive, it's not obsessive. The dice gods must be worshipped, and they require sacrifices of money. Yes, large (laughs) volumes of money to order new dice. Yes, I'm planning to make dice eventually. Oh, I have silicon molds somewhere on an order in wish somewhere <laughs> 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 with the way shipping has been recently i don't expect to see them before christmas at this point fair and yeah. they only cost me like five bucks so like if they never come it's only five bucks
0: yeah that's the nice thing about wish. yeah that's that's true. cheap 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 so back to your world yeah after our
1: seemingly <laughs> long segue and uh,
0: that's right
1: so uh, yeah
0: so cocaine was it? Cocaine,
1: cocaine, Um, it, the spelling looks like cocaine. I'm, yeah. I'm bound to have my party. Just call it cocaine or right. cocaine or crack or something. They'll they like to take mimics of right. names. Um, basically, what I've got sort of somewhat shelled out at the moment is the the formation of uh the pantheon of gods, um, of which nothing has been named yet. So, I suppose I don't really have a lot. Basically, it's the, the got way. The, the concepts. Yeah, I've got the concepts, and I've sort of got the rough story of there was a pantheon of deities before a massive cataclysmic event um, and war of the gods that somewhat tore Sikrane apart or filled it with its magic. Because um, I'm going for a very heavily magic filled realm. Um, Thinking my players will all have, regardless of your class, uh, cantrips, one or two cantrips. Yeah, um, which
0: is an yeah,
1: that's definitely an
0: interesting way to go. It'll be an interesting one.
1: I'm, I, it's going to be. I'm, I'm aiming for a very heavily elven influenced. Um, you know that massive, elegant cities of uh, ornate, sp- uh, not spindly, but spires and. Thin buildings that somehow defy physics as well as like floating cities entirely um, so I've basically started fleshing out the deities that came before um, before the four main deities that are currently ruling or the four main deities of Sucri in the modern realm um, so. The, the world itself was what was holding importance to the gods that came before, um, and it, it seemed the, the way magic flows, or at least my idea of magic flowing through this universe, is that um, Socrane itself was almost uh, the stopper on a bottle type of thing, it was a gateway. Um, in which all magic flowed through, so there was a there was already a heavy influence of magic, but the gods being divine, but also beings of magic. Um, I've taken a little bit of influence from uh, Warhammer Forty K and the Warp, which is where the the demon gods lie. So they're they're just uh, entities of pure rage and lust and death and decay and stuff like that in the warp whereas the gods here are sort of made up beings from the magic right um, so they rely on magic um but being gods they're all equal in power sort of thing no no one god has more power because they all stem their magic from the flow of magic in the in right. the realm um and so Socrane is sort of a um was the neck of the bottle where all magic flowed through um and into and out of sort of thing uh and so i i haven't got a name for him yet um but there was a deity with ill meaning because you know you need you need a, you, you need an
0: antagonist need a, um a anti anti god yes anti-god. You, you
1: need something to cause chaos to cause something to happen yeah. um so that's what this guy is i haven't got a name for him yet and i haven't sort of I, I'm thinking he's definitely going to be the realm of, like, war and power. like Right. So he's sort of a more warlike deity. Um, but he planned to siphon as much magic towards himself um, through Sakrine, uh, to boost his powers, basically. So, like, there is a way in which deities can gain more power by sucking power from other gods. Um, but he's basically he's, he's basically attempting to go to the source and just drink straight from the tap instead of yeah. um, siphoning it from other beings. Um, but other deities began to take notice and so they've pushed back and they started to defend, um, which then caused other deities who weren't uh, partied on either side at that point to then almost form a third party of going, all magic is free and for everyone, like for all of us to use whereas there's a set of deities that are like, we're going to defend magic because it's important to defend it and then you have this one guy who's basically attempting to siphon it to make himself the ultimate. right? Um, which turned into an enormous conflict uh, and the, the war basically erupted. Um, and the, the two, the, the, the defenders and the attacker of the magic siphon, um, they're clashing, basically ruptured a hole in the siphon, um, in, in, in that bottleneck, um, basically shattering it and just an explosion of magic ripped through the universe, uh, wiping out, uh, warping and twisting the deities. Um, a lot of those who are similarly minded, similarly minded, ended up being warped and twisted together uh, into what is now the four main gods of um, of Sekraine, um which I've got some names on, they're still, I'm still working on the names, I've got, I've, I've basically tweaked some names from Fantasy Name Generator as well, so I've got Grideon uh, I've forgotten the other names, and I don't think I've got the notes here because my notes don't like to save all the time, <laughs> um, but yeah. So basically, these these deities all, um, were wiped out, but merged into new deities. All of their personalities and who they were as a being was changed and twisted and walked into the four new beings, um, who basically each now hold, um, of the eight main schools of magic. I, I sort of took the as A classes of magic from wizards, and each of the four gods have a pair of those magics. Right. Um, that they are more well known and more controlling over, um, but they're all fairly, fairly neutral, fairly stand backish deities. Mm. They don't have a big hand on what happens in the world of Sakrane. Mm. Um, but what happened to Sakrane was uh, all the beings and. Everything on the world of Socrane when the, the flow of magic, um, that bottleneck, was burst, uh, the entire continent, the entire planet sort of thing, or whatever, whatever it is, was washed with raw, raw magic, um, warping the creatures there, um, twisting them into crazy beings of magical energy. And over millennia and millennia, The world settled. Um, A lot of things died off and came back. Um, Sort of life life cycles happened, and you come to basically the start of the Age of Elves is where the the written history properly begins, Um, where elves as as a whole, Drow, High Elves, Eladrin, Wood Elves, all sort of work together. Um, as a as a mighty race on Sigrain, and they develop cities and uh, nations and societies based on the four main deities of the world, and then yeah, so it sort of stretches. I've then sort of stretched out the timeline from there. Um, I've got a sort of jotted down timeline of history, but that's that's basically a rough backstory of what came before
0: Sigrain. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Do I detect a hint of Tolkien-esque in the earlier phase? The idea of the one God. Yeah. Um, like Look, I'm I'm getting Melkor vibes. I don't have fun. Yeah. If I'm... <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I I have the Silmarillion. It's like its pages are so bent and overread. No, no, shame. <laughs>
0: no shame in it. No shame in it. Everyone's taken something from Tolkien at some oh. point or another. I mean, elves and orcs and everything. Like the that. whole concept, yeah, I mean, not quite, but. Basically. Well, yeah, yeah. As we know it today. Yes, yeah, 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 definitely
1: the stuff we know today. No, so I there is a lot of Tolkien vibe, um, in my, uh, at least in the early sort of in the early days, yeah. Um,
0: sort of Tolkien crossed with Warhammer.
1: Yeah, yeah a, b- bit. a bit of bit of Warhammer forty k yeah. stuff, taking the sci fi side yeah. of the the warp, um, and the way their magic works, um, and then twisted it a bit myself because, you know, let's not rip straight IPs off. Yeah,
0: totally.
1: But it's also, like, as you picked up, you, you sort of picked up on some of those vibes, I like to have, you know, those references for my players, because I know a few of my players will probably have played 40K, and yeah. um, most of my players have read or at least watched Lord of the Rings, so have some amount of understanding. So it's like they can, it's that light bulb moment. I, I love seeing that when they go, oh, this is like <laughs> this scene from that movie. And it's yeah. like... It somewhat is, yes. Like, you are correct in guessing that. So, I I don't mind having, you know, some things that are a little bit more noticeable.
0: I mean, there's yeah, there's nothing wrong with necessarily being unoriginal. I mean, yeah. there's only so many, you know, I mean, fictional, fictional worlds you can see and yeah. You know. What's the same? Nothing's nothing new under the under sun. sun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, and I, I like to put in little references as well. Unfortunately, my players often don't get them, which is annoying, but... <laughs> There's only so much you can do. It, it's something I can smile to myself about, I guess. Yeah, case. yeah, you get uh, the good I've done the very best, um, and they they pass on completely unawares. Ah, that's yeah. it's, it's
1: it's sometimes that happens.
0: Sounds, it sounds like you've got a pretty ordered pantheon. Sort of after that war, you've got just the four gods, and yeah. each of them have two, which is an interesting way. And it's a, it's not unheard of. I I my my own pantheon of gods is a bit more chaotic. Yeah. Um, build sort of um, along the idea and neither is it also like set in stone either I, I you know the way I've tried to construct mine um, is uh, to have it um, sort of each different communities have their own sort of emphasis on different okay. gods and so there's sort of one general set of pantheon that is shared among a couple of different Cultures and nations, okay. but then they might have their own takes of it as to which god is more prominent uh, based on their own or, or their own retellings of a particular myth, sometimes that favor yeah. their own nation, for okay. example. Okay. Yep. Um, uh, for or their, their own favorite god, for example. Uh, sort of, there are two the two principal sort of uh, big powers um, in Iran, which is uh, one of them is our uh, Egypt inspired human. Uh, Kingdom, Uh, another one is the Kingdom of the Drow, and they both have, um, they both have differing opinions on which of the gods is the the sort of the head god, okay, um, the the king of the gods, as it were. Um, is that
1: a a bit of a Greek?
0: Greek It's Greco-Egyptian-ish. Um, like I've taken the vibes of that because I mean, one of the things with greek and egyptian history and and mythology is that each sort of because a lot of communities you know there's not exactly we're we're used today of for example with christianity islam you have these central texts yeah which explain everything in ancient world and early communities you didn't really have that you had more sort of each local you know there was a general conception of common gods yeah um brought about by a common culture but then each Local village might have their own stories about that god. And, right, right, okay. Uh, so the only relationship yeah. I mean, based on a classic Greece. one in ancient Greece and Rome is uh, Hercules or Heracles, yep. right? It's you read ancient writings, it feels like he's popping up everywhere. Like, oh yeah, and Hercules came over to Italy, and you know, uh, for, there's the you know archaeological side of Herculaneum, which is okay. named after Hercules because apparently Hercules did something there, and I think. I think it was in Tacitus I was reading where he was talking about the Germanic people and he was saying, oh, yeah, the Germans say that Hercules was doing stuff up there. And it's like, a, "Right, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that that's obviously either Romans or Greeks putting their own god in the place of another local god. Right, right. Okay. Or yep. it is more so within the local communities, within Greece, within Egypt, you know, a town that might not get much contact with other places. It's got its own sort of warped perception of myths or um, conjoining with native local legends and such. Um, And just because, yeah, there's nowhere near the level of uniformity in communication in early societies, you do get sort of variations um, in storytelling. So that's the way I've kind of designed my pantheon. It's a bit more chaotic and it's a bit more... Sort of decentralized, um, you know, in the way that, yeah, you've got your main gods, but you've also got just various random spirits and such, which, you know, a a particular community might uh, (laughs) resonate with or. Okay. Okay. uh, What's the word I'm thinking? Revere. Okay. Um, Yep. yep. Um, And then, as far as sort of that, that's the way I like sort of portray it. And then, as far as the truth, of the actual goes, i've left it pretty vague because okay. i mean it's not like the gods are coming down and spelling out everything right so the, like divine and magical presence is visible right but yeah, the yeah. mechanics of how it works and the exact things are, are mythologized in legend and that helps add i think to the mystique sometimes right, okay. and, it, and it gives me r- wiggle room as well yes, for, yeah, for, sure. for inconsistencies and and for stuff players want to do, yeah. Um, one of my players is a paladin, and he has a particular relationship with a deity. Um, and and without keeping things, keeping the knowledge on her relatively vague, um, yep. gives me sort of room to to adjust it as yes. as I need. Yeah, because I noticed that with because I'm running
1: a descent into Avenus campaign at the moment. Um, Monique, my girlfriend's character that's playing in it, she's playing a Paladin and um, an oath of devotion, paladin, but man the because because Boulder's Gate descent into Avernus is set in the forgotten realms, which is D&D's you know long history of lore the pantheon of gods is immense, there are right. so many deities to choose from, and i'm like i haven't wrapped i haven't like spent a lot of time digging and delving into the history of what God is what and how many there are to choose from, let alone the fact that you can create your own gods because it's D&D, like you're allowed yeah. to do that and they, they encourage you to do that. I was like, cool, I'll stick with what's written and I'm looking at it as I'm trying to help her build her character and pick a deity. We've not figured one out. <laughs> she's just hit level seven on Thursday night. They've just right. hit seventh level um, and we still don't have a name for a deity. But I've been able to just, you know, tweak it myself. And we're thinking it's probably going to be, like, um, one of the storm deities, the deities of, like, storm um, in the world that she's sort of going off because she's got a lot of, like, blue fire, almost that electrical, um, Mm. that the pure bending fire, like the, yeah, the electricity like the zoo, side of things uh, from sort of, yeah, yeah, from from Avatar. Yeah. Um, even though she's never seen any of it. It was like, I, okay, I can find seen... it. Haven't seen Avatar. Shame. Not a Shame. not a cartoon watcher. Um, she's not a cartoon wow. fan, she says. Wow. Um she just yeah, she needs to open her eyes. Yeah, I'm working <laughs> on it, working on it. Um but no, so like I've been able to tweak and work with her on how her interactions with her deity is. But that's why I went for my new campaign, four days,
0: real 480s. easy. Yeah, nice and
1: yeah. I can't, I can't mess it up, and but it also gives me because it'll definitely have to be a discussion for another podcast. Because man, I've got a lot of lore on it. But the the what magic is, mm. Instagram. I know I've been talking to you about yeah, it for a bit.
0: Yeah, um, um, A-F, AF AF.
1: A-F. 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 Um, that, that's sort of a massive part of what I'm looking at using for this campaign. But having four deities, I like the idea of just being able to go, you're a Storm, you're a storm Tempest cleric. Mm. You fit with, you're, technically your god would be this, but there's not particularly a god. Mm. Um, and sort of almost re- removing deities from being an immense pantheon of an infinite number for my players to pick and choose from, it's like, here's four. They're lords over these domains, these schools of magic, these oaths, well, I mean, oaths for paladins, can go for anyone really like that's what i like about paladins because mm. you don't even have to serve a deity or really for for a number of oaths they're they're often it's like a self-conviction yeah and that power is coming from within which i really like mm. um which i've sort of taken and focused a bit more with the is but i've sort of yeah with the four deities i don't have to get too confusing i can keep it vague or i can be like here is seven answers to seven questions yeah. you just ask me because I've got it already, but you probably already know the answer because there's only four deities to go with Yeah,
0: you. I mean, I, yeah, I, the advantage of that, I suppose, is yeah, you can sort of compile your information pretty concisely yes. and um, don't have to worry about, you know, <laughs> No, and interactions of, of gods with yeah. other gods and stuff yeah. like that, because
1: it's like, oh, technically this god doesn't want to party with this god because yeah. one is a chaotic neutral and the other is a lawful good. And then you're you just see, like, that party technically wouldn't work, but who cares because it's a party? Yeah. like
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, that, that's the sort of thing I would love. To, I like to do in my campaign. Yeah. I like, I like the, the sort of chaotic vibe, but I can definitely understand why you would want to. It's a whole um, lot of microbiology. Yeah, yeah definitely. I I do like
1: the idea of sort of like your chaotic pan- pantheon, like mm. my character that's joined this campaign for that short segment. I'm like, mm. yeah, it's chaotic, and the way you've got it, it's like it it makes sense that not a lot of general populace in your world would actually know a lot about any one deity because they're all sort of that mythological. Um,
0: they're not hand in hand yeah. walking
1: beside you as you do stuff.
0: Yeah, it's not like a Organized religion, religion yeah. like, um, yeah, and then of course, you know, I've got to add into the other aspect of it is that there's I, I we talk about that pantheon there, there are whole other pantheons that aren't even oh, man. part of the same one, <laughs> which is actually in the region you're in, but you haven't really touched on religion much here, right. so um, I mean, my character's not particularly I mean, religious, yeah. Um, well, the, see, that's why that's was uh, the other week, um, when I was freaking out because I couldn't find my little book of gods, yeah. It yeah. what i i remember my main pantheon well enough but the region that you're in right now i need a little book for because i have a whole nother um pantheon um for, for that which uh yeah because that that's just the way of my hurting myself my <laughs> over complex over detailed um that's why i'm campaign. going for but, four guys because you know. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter where you go
1: at least within Sicrain, that's the four gods. I'm yeah. still thinking the deities within. I don't even know whether they're deities in nine hells. You've got like the lords and the, the du- dukes and du- 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 Duchess. duchesses, duchesses of the nine hells. They're not gods, but they're almost gods. Yeah. Like they're, they're lords of their realm. So I I'll keep. I'll probably just straight use the nine hells from the Forgotten Realms and just copy-paste that in uh, just because it's there but even then I'm only going to leave some bare notes on it because the campaign's not going to be heavily focused on that aspect
0: Um, yeah I mean hell and the um, hell and devils and demons is an interesting one for mm -hmm. me particularly because I have generally avoided the moralness of gods where you have Gods are good, demons are bad, sort okay. of thing. I, I don't like that. But it's, again, because my, my pantheon is very much sort of Greco-Egyptian, yep. borrowed. I mean, the gods in it themselves are mostly different. Yep. Um, But the style of it, there's not really that same level of morality. So it's been tricking for me to sort of find a way of uh, delineating between the, you know, I mean... You know, hell and demons and such, thats they're kind of defined by being evil, uh, yeah. mainly. Um, yeah, I suppose so. Or, or at least... According you know, to the upper world. Opposite. Yes. Doors, opposite to, to the chaos. good. But if you don't have a particular good, then how can you have an opposite? An opposite so to that. I, I've sort of made some sort of idea of gods who are like that, you know, Sort of taboo gods, as okay, it were, okay. um, who 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 are sort of served. I haven't given much development, okay. um, but I mean, one one session we did have to deal with it, where they were dealing with a cult that was trying to summon a, a demon of sorts. Um,
1: but that can that can work for a for any sort of like, especially with that mythological uh, the Greco Egyptian style that you've got. I suppose summoning a demon like. That can just be the extremists of that, of, of yeah, a, of a particularly, yeah. maybe, maybe they're a slightly more chaotic yeah. deity or a less good deity. Yeah. And then you've got the pure extremists of it who take it and go, let's summon the darkest, weirdest thing yeah. our minds can imagine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, the main problem was I hadn't really planned on any of my gods being involved in that sort of thing, but, which is why I sort of had to come up on the fly of a god that would sort of be more involved in that, Okay, which is, yeah, I, yeah, I, I took a god that you would generally consider evil, but. I think to to get it into a less of a black and white thing, I made him sort of more a representation of an aspect of something. So, for example, one okay. of the gods we have there's a goddess of, of the ocean, and she's yep. she's revered by sailors. So this 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 god that I made um, is her name Umberly. No. No. <laughs> no. No. Uh. Uh, uh, this other god that I made um, the the, the the particular session involved a, a sea hag, so I wanna okay. be related to this. So I made this god who he while she represents the ocean and, and the free sailing stuff, he represents the deep and the okay. darkness and the, 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 the terror that that lies uh, that, deep within. Yeah, you. you know, the terror that that terrifying side of the ocean yep. Yep. rather than the sort of the free sailing wind in your face. Okay. Um, so in that sense he's not really evil, but he represents a, a part of the ocean that people fear. Yep. Um and could be perceived as evil, maybe. Um, okay. okay. That was my way of, of sort of getting around that. That's bit. I haven't I haven't really done it with anyone else yet, but it's, it's at least sent me a, a general way of going about it without being too um, fire and brimstone, as it were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you could then
1: perhaps even tweak it a little bit, I guess, and say that all deities can have manifestations of certain points of their being so like that that deity is a manifestation of the lady of the sea um yeah but he's just the the deep as, as you're saying like the deep the dark the unknown the chaotic well
0: yeah that's that's one of the things where i kind of rely on my vagaries to do so right. um so for example i did develop a little bit lore around him and how he interacts with the with the goddess of the sea. Uh, and for example local stories of her sort of banishing him and chaining him up down in the bottom of the ocean and um sort of epic fights in the imagination. But then you might have a priesthood which is much more theological and might saying, Well, he's just another aspect of this okay. sort of, you know, differing ways of viewing it depending on who you are in society and how how you see the gods and, and what you think about it. Yeah. Um, okay. I, like I mean, yeah, I've even uh, I've even got, for example, one uh, one theory that's probably out um, that suggests that all the gods, all the whole pantheon, is just manifestations of of one or two gods, which is which is a which is I think a thing that's been done historically. I think the Romans did it with Sol Invictus um, as a as a portrayal of all their gods. Um, it's, it's, it's not an uncommon thing. The idea that one God is that, you know, a pantheon of gods is actually just different aspects of a singular God. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, I have, I don't, that's not the actual case, but I've made it one school of thought within the, within a certain, within sort of the certain er areas and and scholars.
1: I suppose I've done a, done the reverse of that with my gods then to an extent is that all these previous big pantheon of, you know, 20 gods, has been compressed down into four
0: yeah yeah um
1: done done the reverse of instead of being this pantheon is actually aspects of three deities it's like yeah these four deities were actually made up of 20 <laughs> it's kind of cool yeah. I like that i didn't realize i definitely really need to read more historical stuff yeah I keep, well i'm, I keep, I, my I'm a mind.
0: nerd so you know
1: <laughs> i mean you're you're a proper history nerd i just keep my head in the clouds like i'm currently yeah. listening to um spellfire uh audiobook it's called Spellfire. I uh, can't remember who the artist is. Um, on Audible, because you got me hooked on Audible. And, <laughs> uh, now I've been listening to way too much. Uh, by Ed Green, Green something rather. I still can't read his name. Um, it's a really. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, hmm. Ed Greenwood. Um, As a fiction, I see. Yes, it's it's based in um, Faerun, uh, which is one of the one of the worlds of or one of the vast areas of the DD lore um so it's actually a dungeons and dragons book um which is also where i've taken a little bit of um recent ideas with my deities from because like mostly these characters seem to be worshipping mistra who from what i've gained from the book so far i think she's the deity of all things magic right. um, so like the wizards in the book are like Praise Mistra. Right. Um, without, they're not actually worshipping her, but it's like Mistra is the the lady of magic from the sounds of it, or the lord of magic. Mm-hmm. And then you have Taimora, Lady Luck. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a cleric of Taimora um, who basically lives in a constant state of semi drunkenness because he's got to live in a way that luck and risk right. are maximized. So maximized. Yeah. Um, and then even the thief was like, praise lady luck that that managed to work or right. praise Time mora So it se- it sounds like maybe there's only three or four gods or deities that are mm. mentioned in the book so far. Um, they're the two sort of standout, most standout ones. And then there's liches and Draco liches that are sort of the bad side of deities, but they're not quite deities because mm. um, they have cults like the dragon cult that worships a whole bunch of Draco liches. Right. Um, so that was sort of where I also had that bit of an idea of like, see thieves, you know, the, 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 the rogues and the clerics are all worshiping quote unquote, um, Timora, Lady right. Luck and the wizards, whether they're wizards, um, there's a, there's a uh, druid who mentions Mistra, um, and even bards mentioned mistress i'm like having the idea of having four deities that across the range of classes can as a whole all of them be like we're one one player from every class all worshiping one deity right and within that it makes sense that they could all be sort of thing right. so that's part of where i've also taken it from but yeah i really got to read more more history more real world history he yeah. sent me the stuff about Julius Caesar. I downloaded that. Yeah. I'm four or five in, but then I find I'm not listening yeah. to it heavily. Like, I'll find myself yeah. distracted, and then I'm not listening to it. Yeah,
0: the, those ones are probably a bit more something you need to... Sit with a pen and paper yeah. in and take Well, n- yeah, not necessarily. That was um, the ones he's talking to is Histori- Historia Civilis. Mm. Any history buff will know the great YouTube channel. His, I think someone called him the grandfather of history YouTube. He's... His Great, sh- great channel on Roman history.
1: He he um, does well. He presents yeah. well. Like he speaks well. I enjoy his stuff. I just gotta actually sit down and focus on it.
0: I mean, yeah. One probably, if I had to recommend good history stuff for beginners, I would recommend Tom Holland. He's an author. He does uh, all, pretty much all his stuff is on Audible, and it's got a fairly decent um, reader as well. I think it was Mark Meadows. Okay. Apologies if I. Um, but he he has a writing style that he's probably he's got to be one of my favorite historians at least to read because he he has a writing style that's very immersive okay. um, and he's great at being able to uh, draw you into the world and um, give you perspectives of people in the past as well. Um, I'm recently um, I'm recent, I'm just I'm about to finish actually I've only got like half an hour to go on it. Um his audio book are uh, called Millennium, which is about the um the century one thousand okay uh, the one you know um the turn of the, the first millennium, millennium a d yeah. um and that that was a really fascinating thing where he essentially takes you all across the medieval world um and shows you the developments and you know covers you know the rise of christendom i believe it i th- I believe the subtitle of like the the book is the, the um the for the forging of christendom okay so, I mean, he's a he's a great author he's done things like persian fire which is on the greeks and persian wars he's done rubicon and dynasty which are both on rome i think he's done another one on rome but it escapes me at the moment mm.
1: um and he also two great roles as peter parker <laughs> i'm assuming yes. this is a different tom yes. holland yes very
0: very different tom holland
1: yeah. <laughs> all i could get in my head at that point in time was tom holland as in Spider-Man, yeah that's, tom holland.
0: that's yeah it's an int- um uh, yeah that's 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 the main response i always get when i talk about him um Fair. but yeah he he would probably be my recommendation to anyone who's wanting to Maybe look at a bit more history to. Okay. Um, not that I'm, you know, super qualified to be recommending people, but just in my experience, he's probably the best. Um, bad.
1: I'll, I'll definitely have to, once I'm finished listening to the Spellfire book, trade that in for a Tom Holland book. Give that a listen. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> see, see what I enjoy. Mm.
0: Um, well, we're approaching about an hour of recording now. It's not too um, bad done well you, i don't, yeah, I don't I know i don't, don't know
1: how long i don't know how long podcasts I think, that i listen to are normally two but then
0: well I, I listen to hardcore history and those things go for like five hours and but then... he's got a full written he's running through like some deep history whereas yeah like... he's yeah he's uh that's his that's dan cullen's style but yeah. um i i and then of course much. you've got like um joe rogan as well with his his go to four or five hours does he i've often i've listened, no, I I, listened
1: to a lot of joe rogan stuff
0: oh you should he's 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 a, I mean, he's number one podcaster. So. Is he? Okay. Yeah. I um, listen to
1: um. I've been listening to Warhammer, forty k at the moment.
0: Warhammer. <laughs> yeah, I've
1: I've recently been quite heavily involved back into a whole bunch of the forty k Warhammer Games Workshop stuff. Plastic crack, um. And so I've been listening to a lot of their. Like they do a lore series. They go for about two hours an episode. Wow. Breaking down the history. Because, my goodness, Games Workshop and Black Library, who do their books and stuff like that, they have an immense history. I mean, right. they're, they're, a, they're an IP that's been around for 40 odd years now. Right. Um, and just developing the world and the universe as lore for years and years now. Um, so I I used to. I, I never was big into the history of it. I just collected the orcs because orcs are fun to kill and smash and <laughs> fight things. Um, but I've noticed like they're they're pushing for a ninth edition um, of forty k soon. Um, they've just done some announcements and stuff like that. and I was doing some uh, preparations preparation sort of the thing um, looking at trying to get stuff out to get painted because Dad's a big collector of it still. Right. Um, so I was like, "Oh, I'll get my orcs back out." And then I saw these guys, and yeah, they they run through the history of um, the the history of the forty k universe and individual races and beings and stuff. Real, real good. It's just a group of three or four of them sitting around.
0: All right.
1: Just um, kind of like when you when you suggested the idea of the podcast, I was like, "Cool, I'm down." <laughs>
0: what
1: if what if we what if we talk for apparently nearly an hour on one D campaign's law but right like flesh out the law of you know both of our campaigns as well as you mentioned the idea of doing the the D build of a historical character yeah
0: that was my um yeah we'll we'll see how we go that's a little foretaste for the future where we build historical characters in a D stat sheet which i thought could be fun are we going for 20th level are they going to be 20th oh uh, i don't know i was thinking starting with first level but i guess we could just like walk our way, work our way work our way up yeah. through the various features i mean true
1: um because you mentioned caesar i remember you, like you were talking of caesar and uh you you'd mentioned the idea of him being like a sorcerer or a warlock yeah but there's also the capability of him being like i was thinking if he's 20th level chances are he's probably like a he's definitely got some sorceress like his his family line you were saying yeah. um has that sorceress? Uh, you know, he's got a good Supposedly
0: de- descended um, from Venus.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, Venus. Yeah. That's, that's, the,
0: that's the propaganda line anyway.
1: Right. And then mm. he's probably got a bit of fighter
0: in him. Yeah, Because he's, he's, definitely. he's
1: like a good champion commander of his army. Yeah, and he's then... not
0: afraid to get, get in and fight in the thick of it yeah, either on yeah. occasion. He's not... He, he, I'd say he probably does it less than Alexander the Great. He, he does it when he needs to. It's not something he... But it's it's definitely something he's willing to do. And then whether
1: he's like, I was, I was thinking about it through the week. Whether he's an artificer or a wizard. Now, an artificer is that newer class from Eberron's Guide that neither of us are big fans of because they have those weird robots and weird inventions and stuff. But ignoring the inventive side of things, it's that he's got the like he's massively, he's like cunningly intelligent and wise. Mm. Um, As I was listening to some of the civilists hysteria civilis stuff yeah what's his
0: name Historia um, civilis
1: Historia civilis um i was listening to some of that stuff and yeah that when he was trying to take rulership in the in the courts and stuff like that or whatever it was he was doing he made some genius plays like he's no he's no dummy by any means he's, yeah he's a he's, he was a
0: he's wise a wise
1: yeah.
0: yeah and definitely I, yeah I, Intelligence, and I think also charisma is something he's good mm, at as big, well. Big, he's big, very, very good with people, very good yes. at um, manipulating social situations.
1: Um, Which is where I'm like, is he is he more intelligence based, or is he more wisdom based? Because that wisdom is that conniving, plotting, and then he combines it with his with his charisma to be able to convince other people. Yeah. But there's a taster of roughly what we're thinking. About. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's yeah. We won't probably won't do that now cause...
1: Well, yeah. Whether we whether we do it at a later date where we've actually got better ideas or something. Yeah. But yeah, it was just like that's the, I like that idea of you know adding some D and D stuff. Yeah. Um, taking a D and D twist, much like uh, Tulok the Barbarian, a YouTuber who does uh, fantasy and fictional characters.
0: As. The... As D and D characters, right, so he builds yeah. them up
1: to twentieth level. So. Uh, one of the ones he did recent or a little while ago that I saw was like a Ben Ten build, <laughs> but it wasn't. I was expecting it to be a druid build. He didn't go with druid build. Yeah. He built some like barbarian in it for the strength of forearms. He built some. Um, I think it was wizard into it as well. For, like, right. So he, he
0: just went straight. Um, he went kept like, it as the human of Ben Ten as being. The human. But like he like he straight gave the class like was he giving you know the classes to each different alien or to just. The person in general yeah so he
1: built so he builds characters as like you build your individual character and then he multi-classes them yeah and picks skills and um, spells and feats feats and stuff like that to build the character to be as similar enough to that Mm -hmm. so he built ben 10 as a human but when he chose to use X, Y, and Z spells. He was behaving like wild mutt, or right. A, B, and C to be like forearms, or he could shrink himself small with a smelt. Sp- a spell to be, um, whatever that. Grey matter. Grey matter. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, it's been a while since I watched, yeah, it's, watched it. Yeah, I'm
0: surprised I knew
1: that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he so he, he builds fantasy characters and fictional characters. So he's done like a Witcher build, um, without using the Blood Hunter. that. Um, right. mercy. He used like what's written. As rules as written, I think. I think he does occasionally some unearthed unearthed arcana stuff as well. Um, But not a lot. I think he normally keeps to rules as written. Um, So I suppose we're doing similar, but with historical characters. characters. So I suppose everyone's going to be human or a human variant.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's that. I mean, I I think I talked to you about, you know, potentially other ways of styling race, maybe based on social class, but that gets a bit. <laughs>
1: yeah, then 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 you're classing races based on class and...
0: yeah that's that's real dangerous territory, so maybe we'll just keep everyone as human but
1: I mean simultaneously Caesar could could have been almost like an Asimar if there's that he's descendant of Venus,
0: so he's yeah got that. yeah he's got a I mean definitely deal. with the, the people who have a lot of myth built around them yeah. um which there are certainly people like that mm. um yeah, I don't know we'll we'll see how he goes that's probably. Discussion for next time though. We're definitely already... definitely
1: at an hour now.
0: We're, we're actually fifty nine forty 40 we're an an ten seconds into an hour now. Nice. Um so I guess that'll do it for us. Um I'm Jack. This is Brandon. Uh we'll catch you on the next one.